Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. It is October here on the program, and we are going to be bringing you an entire month of scary horror stories, and this one is a really great one for you, called The Creature Upstairs. Joining me to introduce it is the writer of the piece. Here he is once again, James Napoli. Hello, Matt. Hello. New Frequency listeners, and uh, thank you, New Frequency cast and crew, always. (laughs) Yes, it is Halloween month, so we're going to be getting a lot of scary pieces that you and I had the privilege to write, create together, work with this great cast. So this one is a really wonderful one that we did a long time ago. So talk a little bit about sort of the genesis of this one, because I know it sort of came from a short story of yours, if I remember correctly. Yes, my first, what I consider my first professional short story, which mm-hmm. was written how, <clears throat> many years uh, before <laughs> I was part of New Frequency. Right. But uh, I still remember, you know, one of the things I remember about it was it's very dark, as you will hear. Yes. And this was the first story that I was really afraid to show my parents. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, they're going to really think something is wrong with me. Because it's about, just, just to tease it a little bit so everybody kind of, you know, can, can know what they're about to listen to. It's about a man uh, sort of living in, in like a, you know, a low-end dwelling in a city. And he starts to, he starts to think he's hearing this, this creature living above him in this building. Right. And that's where our sort of story unfolds. So I, I get what you're talking about. That's like, oh, no. James has creature voices in his head. <laughs> Worse than that, creature slithers. Yes, in his head. So I was I was living in an apartment in Boston, right. and that's where the genesis of the idea came from, is that I had, there were these weird sounds coming <laughs> right, up, right. And, and you just start to think, who is that creature that lives upstairs? And nice. the creature became a real creature. Right, so. yeah. So once you had the, the the obvious short story and then you and I started working together in the the radio drama form, talk a little bit about about adapting it over into radio drama and the actual sort of creation of it into audio form like 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 putting putting hands on keys and typing it out. I I'm I'm always curious about that process on a dark story like this. Well, one of the interesting things about adapting a short story to radio is that like you, you wrote a lot of pieces like this mm-hmm. as well. They're character inner monologue driven, right? Which is a natural jump from the page because that's yeah. prose writing, right? So I think a lot of it came pretty smoothly into the radio field. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the writing itself, the way that I usually work is the idea gestates for a long time. I keep it with me during the day. I drive right. around and think about it. Yeah. And then it's ready. It's, it's literally ready to be born. And that's when I sit down at the keyboard and it's sort of, well, it pukes out of me. We can use that disgusting <laughs> yes. imagery during the Halloween show. Of course we can. Um, so, but then uh, I don't finish it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So the, then you, then you go to sleep and you spend the next day going, what can happen next? And how right. can I make it right? And so it's that kind of thing. It's it's tweaking as you go, but yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting for it to finally surge out of you as it right. Were. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thought for like young writers and stuff out there who are who who are thinking about writing anything from a short story to a script. It's 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 letting that idea sort of percolate until you're and, until you're ready with it, and mm-hmm. then and then letting it letting it come from you as naturally as possible, and not being inhibited in the moment of like, oh gosh, I have my computer open, I have to write something. Right. You know, when you have to do that in those settings is usually when some of the most forced writing can come. Um, but whenever you can kind of keep yourself free, uh, it, I think it's I think it, it, it works a lot better. That's, That's a great a, observation. And, yeah. and the thing is, with theater stuff, mm-hmm. whether it be stage theater, radio theater, a film, right. 
that's you can picture it in your head so it's yeah. easy to keep it up there with you you keep it in your mind and you and you hear it and you or see it or whatever you're doing whatever medium right. you're working in you feel it flowing in your mind all day so yeah. it's a natural flow into the next part which yeah. is the writing i know for me when i write a dark piece i like to sort of you know, write at night on some of those pieces and kind of hold myself Ooh, away yeah. when it when I'm in sort of when I'm in sort of like a dark kind of scary mode. It's hard for me just to go to like a loud Starbucks and write right. and write like a scary piece. Is that the same way for you? Whenever you you dive into you know some of these pieces that we're we're going to be hearing this month from both you and I and this piece in particular, do you have to kind of be in that mode? I need to be in that mode. I can't write in a coffee shop ever. <laughs> yeah, and only once. When I was actually writing a supernatural screenplay, did I put music on the whole time to inspire me? Right. It needs to be quiet, and uh, my writing time is usually about uh, one in the afternoon to five. There you go. That's when I write. So, <laughs> listeners, hey, I don't know what your patterns are, but that's mine. Ah, it's the one to five hour with James Napoli here <laughs> on the old New Frequency program, the writing hour. Even if it's a scary one, the afternoon, I can, that's why I was worried about showing this to my parents. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I can come up with that in the afternoon. Exactly. All right, well, I say well, let's give a toss to this piece. Oh, how was it hearing the creature when you finally heard heard the wonderful uh, creature oh. that came from Eric Lalacata, oh, our boy. wonderful sound designer who, who put this to piece together? I remember working with him a lot in detail on how to come up with the creature and what we wanted to it to sound like yes. and and I and I, I sort of kind of held it back from the cast because I wanted them to sort of hear it when it was all done. You remember hearing it? I sure do. Oh, those creature effects. Yes, bravo, Eric. Really yeah. beautiful. It was great. It really lends itself to it. So everyone enjoy this one out there. James, thanks so much for joining me as You're always. Welcome. Here we go, everybody. Start of Halloween season for you. This one is called The Creature Upstairs. <laughs> New Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful precaution. In one. one. New Frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. tried not hearing something. It's not easy, is it? Listen, do you hear it? It's above me now. It's down the hallway. I can hear it on the ceiling. Oh, please don't let it leave. It's always worse when it leaves. Bad things happen when it leaves. Oh, God, no, listen. It's quiet now. I don't like that quiet. I don't like it at all. Oh, Heavenly Father, help me. I can't stand the sounds, but I can't stand the silence. The creature has left. Someone is going to die. No. Oh, God, no. It's about an hour later, and, and that's Jill, my, my neighbor Jill. In a moment, she'll be knocking at my door. What is it, Jill? I went downstairs to meet him, Lawrence, and oh, God, he was dead. Open up. What's wrong, Jill? Whoa, geez, Lawrence, you look like crap. I've been kind of holed up. I know. I called you at work. They said you've been calling in sick for days. You were saying, Jill? He's dead, Lawrence, and oh, holy God, his body. It was like something, I don't know, something. Like, like, like an animal? Yeah, just ripped it. Oh, man, oh, man. 
This is the same thing that happened a couple of nights ago to that guy. The drifter. Yeah. Yeah, you heard about it on the news, huh? You're right. Uh, who was it that was killed this time, Jill? Eddie. Who's Eddie? Oh, jeez, Lawrence, you know who he is. The man who sells you your heroin? Yeah. The thing is, Lawrence, I don't know what I'm going to do now. He was going to front me, you know? Let me slide. Now I got to find somebody new. Hey, and you I... don't have any money. Oh, Lawrence, you know I hate to ask. I can't do it anymore, Jill. I'm good for it, Lawrence. I pay it back, I swear. Well, look, you don't know what it does to me, do you? Oh, come on, sweetie. Don't go there. Look, you're a beautiful woman, and I, I've been an idiot giving you money. I loved you, and I didn't know how else to make you love me back. Please, I've told you a million times. You wouldn't want to go out with oh, me. Yes, I would. But not like this. I need you to leave now. I'm worried about you, Lawrence. That's nice. Yeah, really. I I've known you a long time now. We've been neighbors, and I don't know much about you. Well, I, I don't know much about you either. Well, I'm a junkie and a bad bet for a girlfriend. What else you need to know? But you. People say you moved in last year coming off a really bad time. What people say that? You know, a rundown dive like this sewer, people BS all day. About how you don't really have to live in this part of town and, and you got a job, regular uh -huh. and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what? You come here looking for something. Good night, Jill. Hey, Jill! Jill! I'll be right there. You move your tail right now or I'll make you sorry! Stop talking at Johnny Normal! Get in here! Yeah, you see, Lawrence? A bad bet for a girlfriend always ends up with a bad bet for a boyfriend. Oh, Jill, Jill. Yeah, I... I see you, Lawrence. He beats her. I know it. There are bruises on her arm that don't have anything to do with using heroin. So you, you might be wondering, too, though, about the question that she asked. What am I doing here? That drifter? He was the first one to die at the hands of the creature upstairs. Look, you go on and think about it. You think about it. You think about something that eats you up inside. I, I know you've got something. And think about how long it's been there. Think about how long it might take for that thing, that horrible, painful thing to become bigger than you, to become beast. A beast that takes physical form and crawls above your head, living in the dark, waiting, waiting until it soaks up your pain and your rage so completely that it goes out in the world and it deals with it. Oh, I know how it sounds. It sounds insane. But listen, can you hear it? A year ago, I was a happy man. I had just gotten married, and then she died. She was killed by a drifter. No one knew who he was, and they never caught him. So you, you, you can see, can't you? How I had to come back here to the neighborhood. How I, how I had to come back here, and I had to just wait. And, and wait. And wait until my hate and my rage. Well, it was the creature. You see? It was the creature that, that found him. The creature 
it, it fed on my grief and it watched my crying and it filled me thinking about my wife, about how much I missed her and, and my grief, it, it led it to the drifter. And so he was snuffed out. An eye for an eye, my friend, oh, it can feel pretty good. But meanwhile, I'd met Jill and I thought maybe I could help her. I opened up my heart again after so long. And then I saw her down on that street corner, taking the little bags from Eddie. And well, well by then the creature, it was, it was in tune with, with my feelings, yes. And so, so Eddie, Eddie was next. And, and you know that horrible man, that boyfriend of Jill's, that one that's been hurting her? So you see, the creature, it, it, it feeds on my rage. And perhaps tomorrow, perhaps the next day, It'll venture out again. Oh, hey, Jill, Jill. I'm so sorry, baby. Please forgive me. Oh, I'm sorry, man. We can't keep up like this. It's after midnight and Jill and her boyfriend are out on the street. I have to say, listen to me. I'm, I'm seeing the counselor. I, I've been doing it for a month now. Oh, I'm doing all I can here, darling. I just don't want to hurt you again. Oh, baby, are you really yeah, getting yeah, help? I can't take it anymore, Jill. I gotta change. We gotta change. Ooh. I think I can. Now you see, here is a new wrinkle. But the creature, he doesn't see it that way. The creature, he knows that people can't change. The creature thinks it's time to act, and so... Oh, but please... Please, no, no, I, I don't want this to happen. And before I can think, I'm, I'm screaming up at the ceiling, What have you done? You answer me! And you see, it stopped. It heard me. But I don't care. No, I don't care. This time, it has to stop. Do you hear that? It has to stop now! for me. It's coming here. Oh, dear God, give me the strength. Give me the courage. It's at the door now. Oh, forgive me, God, for waiting so long. Forgive me for waiting so long. God, look at it. Horrible, misshapen thing caked in blood. Give me the strength. This is ending now! Lawrence throw himself out the window that night. Poor guy. I always knew he was troubled inside about something. I never did find out what it was. But I guess if you're gonna pitch yourself out a window, living on the top floor is the place to be. Yeah, that's right. I'm living in Lawrence's old place now. I guess I feel a little funny, but hey, this is the kind of town where when an apartment this good comes available in your own building, 
you gotta snag it. And this one's a beauty. Oh, top corner loft. Nobody traipsing around upstairs making you lose sleep. Me? Oh, I got rid of Doug. He never did change after all. And I've been clean for over a year, thank you very much. But I'll tell you, I've had to do an awful lot of soul searching and it's been pretty painful. Going back all those years, trying to figure out how I ended up so messed up. And I've been thinking, oh, I've been thinking about some of those people that hurt me so bad. And some of them that... What, what was that? Did you hear that? New Frequency, signing off in three, two, one.